Hello, and welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland, your host. This is the show where we encourage you to take intentional steps towards sustainable growth. This week, I'm joined by the panel uh, of excellent podcasters. We have Lisa Mustard, Don Gabriel, and Steve Bisson. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about marketing your therapy services through word of mouth. You know, like how do you get those word of mouth referrals and what is it? But first, I want to start with a, a tool uh, or tech or tip of the week. The tool is something I learned long ago in mental health services uh, with customer complaints. And everybody can do something to... Uh, reduce or uh, deal with customer complaints. Who, who here has had a customer complaint in your uh, it, with your practice? Right, people raising their hands. I have. Yeah. yeah. And it's really discouraging if you're you don't have a method of dealing with complaints because those complaints can then turn into the negative word of mouth that we, you know, are trying to uh, prevent here. So how do you prevent that? Well, the the uh, the method I use is the HEART method, and it just stands for hear, empathize, apologize, respond, and thank. So, what's a uh, uh, Steve or Don? What was a what's a or Lisa? What's a common um, customer complaint, or what's a complaint that you might have received, or that a therapist would receive? Well, mine is easy. It's always because I'm too honest. Um, okay. You know, like so you, so you, it was funny because I was thinking about uh, a couple of episodes ago. I finally, you know, I listened to it and I've never been bleeped in my life. And I was bleeped twice in the same episode. I was like proud of myself, but that's the type <laughs> of complaints I get uh, because I'm a person that just says what I say, not trying to hurt people, by the way, it's just how it is. Like, well, you want to get out of, you know, you want to get uh, to be more social. Well, maybe you get off the couch, right? Well, that's easy for you to say. I said, mm -hmm. well, yeah, but I can't go get a cra crane and pull you out of the, the couch. You got to choose how you're going to motivate yourself. He wasn't helpful. He didn't tell me how to get the crane. He didn't tell. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, that's been a common complaint. And I'm giving you one that's uh, not real because I don't want to identify anyone, which is another oh, yeah, yeah, problem yeah. in our field. Um, but yeah, this is definitely something that's happened with me where they complained about, I gave them somewhat of a idea. They didn't do it. And of course that was my fault because I was too directive and too mean about it. So. So without thinking about it too hard, you know, if you use the heart method, if, if you came to me and said, James, you, you know, you're, you're hurting my feelings or you're, you're very, you're too direct. Uh, I would, I would say, I hear that you say, I just restate the problem. I hear that you say I am being too direct and it, it hurts your feelings. And, then I would empathize and, and validate their feelings. I don't have to agree with their feelings, but I would say, and that and uh, that sounds like that is something you're not used to, or that it hurts. It's uh, it's painful for you to hear it in that way. And then I would apologize, not necessarily apologize and admit wrong, but I would apologize. I'm sorry that this has caused you distress because that is true. You don't necessarily want to. Um, well, in therapy, yes, you do want to cause some distress, but you know, you saw it, it caused this amount of distress for you. And then respond is just like, I'll, I'll look to into ways to say this differently, or let's work together. You know, can we work together so that you can hear what I'm saying? Thank you for bringing this to my attention. 
And often just something like that, where you're not necessarily changing what you're doing, in, unless you made a, a big mistake or a big error, but you're you're listening to them, you're validating them, you're thanking them for their input, and then you make them a part of the solution rather than what often happens is, you know, us versus them. Like, no, I'm not. Well, this is the way I am. Like, if you respond in that way, then uh, the if you put up something to resist to, they will resist. Often people resist. Well, you're being too critical. And then, no, I'm not being critical. And then you, it just escalates from there. So that is the heart method of responding to customer complaints. It often, when people use this, often frontline people, not even managers, can um, solve customer service issues before they become that one star review, you know, that you would get on Google. So definitely um, I'll put some, I'll put some, uh, a worksheet together for the show notes that you can look at the heart, the heart method. I'm not exactly sure who came up with it. I, I think it was a hospital system, but I'll see if I can cite the sources um, and come up with that. So that is a tool tech or tip of the week. Um Let's get into our main topic, which is word of mouth, uh, marketing through word of mouth and, uh, you know, good reviews and those types of things. So let's just start with a, a softball question. You know, what is word of mouth and why should you be working to generate good word of mouth? Well, that's how you get to be known in the community and known by other people. Um, you know, at the end of the day, word of mouth comes from people knowing your reputation, good or bad, really. Um, but also knowing your strengths and weaknesses from my perspective. Um, you know, I worked in the community, um, justice field. I worked with nonprofits. I've worked with first responders. I've worked with hospitals. I've worked with just about everywhere. And what has happened is that a lot, you know, I was joking around before this interview, you know, that, um, you know, Sometimes people don't like my style because, you know, I'm not made for, I, I don't, I, you get to know what you're good at by being word of mouth. Having people who are over 65 for me is not my strength because everyone in the community knows that anyone who's elderly, I just want to take them home and take care of them personally. It's probably not the ther most therapeutic thing to do. Um, and I think that in, in all reality, the word of mouth has become, well, Steve does well for better, for worse with harder cases. It literally got um playing golf with someone they're like oh you're a therapist i hear you're like this i have this this family member that probably needs therapy wasn't someone i really knew well and they send me someone lo and behold they're like wow they really respect your direct access uh, uh, approach i should say um and i think that it's being yourself that's really important um with the word of mouth because word of mouth i can be kissing babies and shaking hands but you're not in politics you're actually just being yourself so word of mouth is not only getting your reputation out there, but getting your true reputation out there for who you truly are. So that would be my two cents. What else? What else? What uh, why? Why would somebody want to generate word of mouth? Why shouldn't you just like do Google ads or why? Why would somebody want to generate positive word of mouth for their marketing? Well, I think um, for me, owning a group practice and um knowing the community you're in and my community, is, even though it's like 80,000 people, it's, it has a smaller, small town feel and it's really big to be involved in the community. And so, um, for example, if, 
if someone had a death in their staff, like if that happened, they called me to come and do a grief debrief and talk through with the team and their staff about it. Um, and they wouldn't have known that for Google. Like it, I don't have that on, mm. on my website. They just knew that I speak on mental health matters and I help desensitize and destigmatize the mental health in our community by just being real and honest about it and making it accessible that everyone should be in therapy, um, not just um, community mental health centers, but like everywhere should be in therapy. So. So that, that like, how did you get known for that Dawn? Uh, maybe I, I know we were going to ask this a little later, but how did you get known for, how did some random person you know, in a in the community, know that you did those types of services without looking it up on Google or, uh, I guess phone book. I don't know if there's phone book. You know, but some sort of directory. What? Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. So I um, got involved in my chamber, which was the one of the best decisions I made. Now that doesn't work for every practice. It depends again on knowing your community. Um, but the chamber of commerce is really big in my town. It's like a five-star chamber. So that's how everyone knows everything about business. It feels like in our community. And so I got involved on the leadership of that. I got involved in the board and uh, just started getting to know people. And it took me about a year or two, honestly. And now like if there's a Facebook post where someone like on our town talk or even the moms of Castle Rock or, and somebody says, do you guys know a therapist or do you know a whatever, like our name of our company goes up all, almost all the time. You don't do it. Somebody mm -hmm. else is doing no, it. No, someone else does it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this this word of mouth is sort of is sort of like being known as Steve was saying being known in the community for something and as Don was saying it's it's just it it happens organically like you're not forcing people it's almost like wikipedia you know why do people post to wikipedia because they want to contribute and they are uh they have something to share and offer and you know nobody I don't think people get paid for that I think it's still a free updated service and uh, and so for therapy services like therapy, you know, having therapy services or even your business services like Lisa does, you know, how do you get known for those types of things in the community? And I know Lisa because, um, you know, I heard about her for some, from somebody else's podcast. It was actually Gordon's podcast, I believe. He was talking about pod courses and, uh, you know, that's how I got connected with listening to her. And now we've had some podcasts together. And so I know she's like a marketing and ideas. She's more than that, but that's what I, when I, when somebody asks about a question about social media or marketing or, you know, CEU pod courses, I think about Lisa. She doesn't force me to do it. it just sort of happens. Um, so that's sort of the benefit of, of, uh, word of mouth marketing. Um, so what are, what are some ways to generate that uh, word of mouth? Um, and just kind of taking note to what Don was saying, I'm thinking about a particular practice here in my town and they're kind of like the, it seems like if there's ever a question in a group or I always feel like that, that um, practice gets dropped. And my guess is that 
that person does a really good job of working with the chamber. Um, I think that person also might be involved with like a networking group. That's just my take. That's just my guess. So that's the, I think that can work well for people too, like those uh, BNI or, you know, the networking groups. Um, also just going to events, local events for me, I, that's been really good. Like, uh, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, like I, I, I love that kind of stuff. So I will go to those events and just start talking, you know, with people as much as I am an introvert, like I will find somebody to talk to you. I will, you know, seek the person out who coordinates it, just kind of introduce myself, tell them who I am and what I'm about. You just got to plant those seeds just any, everywhere you go because they will come back and bless you. You just got to do it. And I'm thinking about um, my podcast and with the podcast, it's like you just got to email the person and ask them to come on your show. You, you know, you just got to email the person and ask them if you can be on their show. It's like you just have to take those, uh, you know, pick I liked in the beginning, I was trying to take like five daily intentional activities that would, you know, get my show out there. And whether or that was like connecting with somebody who had a podcast, finding a guest, maybe who had a bigger audience than me, um, and then going into Facebook groups and sharing what I do. So, you know, word of mouth comes in a lot of different forms, depending on, I guess, what you are, what your service is or, or what it is that you do. Um, so I think that's important. So if you are listening to this and you don't have a practice, but you want to practice, this is some great advice. But if you are one, if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I'm not really interested in having a practice, but I would like to create another stream of income. I would just recommend, you know, getting curious about what you like to do and then start networking with people who are possibly kind of doing what you want to do and learn from them. Because eventually they can be your network. You know, you have to put yourself in situations where it can um, expand your opportunities, I guess. And I think I go back to another thing that to network. One of the things I noticed when I first started my private practice is isolation for therapists who work in a private practice. You have a group practice, a little less, but still to a certain extent, that's true. But uh, when you're in a solo practice, my consultation is me in the wall, right? And, you know, I've, I, I've, I've joked to someone once sent me a joke. If I'm talking to myself, don't worry, I'm having a staff meeting. Um, you know, at the end of the day, those staff meetings got really hard. So, you know, I talked to other <laughs> therapists who are in private practice and we created a network and now word of mouth is once a month they have a, you know, I used to host it. I, after doing it for about seven years, I'm a little sick of it. Uh, not because of people. I just, that just tired. Um, so someone else is now hosting once a month, they have like a peer consultation group and everyone kind of like checks in on who has openings, who doesn't. Oh, I have a client that would be a good fit for you. And this goes to other therapists that may not be there. It goes beyond that scope. So part of what I would say word of mouth is not only, um, you know, what you've known in the community, but sometimes it's creating a group that may have a common issue, which was isolation. And I'd say that, you know, if it wasn't for them, I probably would have, you know, at least 20% less clients than I do right now. So for good or for bad. And so it's really going at, you know, you talk about being with people who are similar. I also think about what is something that everyone needs and isolation is one of those things that we all dislike. So now being able to be in that group, there's sometimes people, which is always funny because, you know, they'll say like, uh, and I won't, I know Lisa, but you know, Lisa Mustard referred me to the hell's Lisa Mustard. 
oh no, there's a therapist of a therapist who knows. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, of course, Lisa Mustard, of course. Um, she's the one mm. with the great SEO. Um, at the end of the day, <laughs> what I would say to you is that it, it, it's about sometimes also kind of like looking at what the people need in general, and uh, you know, looking at what was needed in a community in Massachusetts of private practitioners is isolation was too big. With that, it created a network. I would say that there's directly 30 something therapists that we, it's just, it's not a Facebook group. It's really an email word of mouth within our group. And we don't want to create a Facebook group and I don't want to get it out of control. I find for that and for them who do that, that's great. But for us, it really has become a word of mouth in a small community that's become pretty big and gets your name out there. That's, that's awesome. Did you start it or did somebody else? Start um, it? So it's a long story, but there is a group and they've been on my podcast called the mental men that they would have breakfast once every couple of months together. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. how about we expand it to mental men and women and whatever gender you identify with, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it started from that idea. They thought it was a great idea. So it was just a quote mental men for a while. But every time we expanded, expanded, like I said, it became like a group of, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 people. I don't know at this point. And sometimes you have 10 people in that room for a group consultation. And then sometimes there's two and sometimes there's 20. There's, it changes on a regular basis. But the point being is it's, it was from that idea. And for me, I think that when you think about word of mouth, we don't mentor enough in our field. We always think that it has to be paid. Um, I, mm-hmm. while I'd like to be paid just like everyone else, if I can mentor as now, like those mental men, you know, two of them are over 71 is 68, 69. So I feel my, my, they mentored me. So I want to mentor people who are you know, 20 years younger than me also so that they can take it and mentor people in the future. And I know it's not quote paid, but it's one hell of a good word of mouth when you say you give your time to younger people, younger people coming up in the field to grow. And I think that's another good word of mouth to do. Awesome. It sounds like uh, you're, you, there was a need and you, you had an idea and it kind of grew into something that is really beneficial, not just for, for, for referrals, but also it meets like that social need and also uh, the, the mentoring need and giving back. That's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, If, if you don't have, maybe there's uh, something like that already in your area where uh, I guess you could just do a Google search or a Facebook search or call up some friends and see, you know, do you guys belong to any groups? Like, how would you even get that started? Well, it's because it was hard to find. I mean, there's there's some areas and I don't want to speak for the whole country because I don't know the whole country. But like in Chicago, there's like lots of Facebook groups that are really well established that they can grow and they can have that like organization in Boston Metro West area. There's nothing. And I had for the searches I made and you know, what's fun is or not fun, but I really, I think it's fun is that someone else took my idea and now expanded to a group on Facebook where they have 400 people, which is great. Cause that if, mm. if it helped generate that for some other people, that's great. If it's, they get what they need out of it is okay. But I do. I said Chicago because I know that for a fact. 
but I know I'm sure that like the bigger metropolitan areas like, you know, Miami, uh, New York, LA, Dallas, I'm sure that there's some of those, but once you move from those bigger ones and you go like secondary markets, like Minneapolis, or, and Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to pick on them, Seattle or Memphis or whatever, they probably need some sort of like that. And maybe you don't find it, maybe you create it. And, you know, as uh, to quote the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I would just second that because we we did something like that here in our smaller town because we're like Denver's an hour away, but we're still we still have plenty of people and there were a ton of therapists. So I actually went on psychology today and looked up therapists and emailed them and invited them. I did a similar thing. We created a Castle Rock Therapist Network and we did um, like free trainings once a month and then we noticed that they wanted more connections. So we'd alternate it like training one month and then just getting together to eat lunch and talk the next month. Um, but it's, and something that happened out of that is again, we just did it cause we saw a need and I wanted it too. I wanted to be around other therapists, but, um, word of mouth, like one of the, one of the therapists, when she went on maternity leave, she called me and said, Hey, can I refer all my clients to your center for three months while I'm on maternity leave? And so I didn't start the, the, um, group so that she would do that. It just happened right. because you're being authentic, you're meeting a need and you're just enjoying what you're doing. So I just want to put that out there too. It's like, sometimes you just do what you like to do or do do what you are seeing a need for and things will happen out of that. It's, I think going back to just being more authentic is also a good point. That's really awesome. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, marketing with like professional networks and things. Um, in the past episodes, people have talked about like doing community service events or reaching out into the community to kind of get their name out there. Has anybody done one that was successful or if it wasn't successful, you know, you could tell about that and say what, what didn't work. Uh, has anybody done a community event to reach out into the community and what, what was it? Yeah, we, um, we have a bunch of community events. Uh, well, there's a couple of different ones. We have a lot of like races, like five K's in our area and they often offer booths that you can do. You can rent a booth. And so some of it is brand awareness, but you just pay like a couple hundred bucks and you sit and hand out, well, we hand out chapsticks at uh, races cause everyone loves that. And, um, we have some signage, but I think the cool thing is, is when we're there, um, I, people come up and they're like, Oh my gosh, um, I go, I'm a client of so-and-so's at your practice, or my daughter knows a friend who's went to your practice. Like, I feel like people start knowing your brand awareness at those events. Um, but also we've done stuff like when, I mean, I'm, it's through the chamber, but when they need um, like manpower to put an event on, like I, I usually volunteer my time to go set up and tear down or uh, just man the event too is being there and helping and giving back. We also do something called the angel tree type of thing where we have this group of apartments that has a lot of more seniors that live there and they don't have a lot of family around. So we partner and give Christmas gifts to them. But honestly, I don't do that for word of mouth. I doubt they're telling anyone about this, but it's just like get involved with the needs uh, of your community is the main point. 
but but you found a cause that connects to your heart yeah. right like mm-hmm. it means something to yeah. you you're not doing it doing it because oh i'm gonna mark it yeah. you're doing it because i can serve a need in the community and i am aligned with this cause mm-hmm. and i you know you'd do it you'd do it even if it wasn't yeah quote unquote marketing yeah but uh that's that's amazing uh um anybody else have a a story i mean my i the only thing i would say is that there was a um a 5k turkey trot that we have all around the northeast um on thanksgiving day and i i had i i had sponsored one of them so there was a nice little finding your way through therapy podcast on all the shirts and I'm not saying I got a tremendous bump, but I know that I've noticed that my numbers went slightly up in regards to that. And some people have come to me and said, oh, you're the guy with the podcast. So sometimes it's like even getting a promotion on the T-shirt when you're running behind someone, you start scrolling through the because you don't have your phone. So you scroll through people's backs and like, oh, you get curious around that. <laughs> Um, so I, I think that that's what happens too. So I would say that that, that would be one of my community interventions that worked. Uh, the ones that did not work is, um, when they put a nice little sign at a golf charity with my podcast and I saw nothing and never received nothing and couldn't care less. And at one point I'm like, Hey, can you send me at least a picture of what the hell you did? And, uh, they didn't. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like a waste, but you know, a t-shirt lasts at least for a couple of, at least for one race and some people will wear them again. So if they're scrolling your back, I guess you you can, you can get a little bit of out of that and that's a little more permanent in my opinion. It's a little more, more than an event. Hmm. I, I, I keep those t-shirts. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I definitely, when I go to those types of events, I definitely, they, they go into the drawer and I, I do wear them. So. Uh, and I, and I like it. I like it. So what, what that golf course people, they just called you up and said, Hey, would you sponsor this? Is that the, yeah, it was a, or? it was, um, one of the first responders groups that I've dealt with before, uh, you know, and again, mm-hmm. I support them, you know, as you guys, if you, you've heard me here or on my podcast, I'm a big fan. Um, and then after that, it was nothing, not even a phone call, not even a thank you at the, as much as I'm going to be a little business-like here, but you know, when you do that stuff, Hey, where's my uh, 503C or whatever charity donation. Mm-hmm. And I had to mm-hmm. get it on. I got it on like, I'm not even joking, like April 10th or 12th of that year. <laughs> like, you know, Oh yeah, I got two weeks to put on my taxes. It wasn't like a huge amount of money, but still it kind of sucks to have to wait till then to get something. And you were hoping to just help the cause and they really didn't help back in return. And I didn't name any names because Hey, they'll they'll sink themselves anyway. Now you you did say you Steve you did say you were recently you did some teaching right like some yeah community teaching? so you know it, it was interesting because I got a phone call from um, the county sheriff and saying I hear you work with first responders and I'm like true and I'm like please don't give me referrals I have no space. <laughs> um, and they're like, no, we're actually, we're working on educating uh, police officers for the CIT model, uh, which is basically police officers learning more about mental health, being more aware of that. And mm. it, we were wondering if you'd be willing to teach a couple hours. So that's, I actually did that this morning. It was really fun and explaining mental health and having real stories because I've been in the community with 
first responders or people in the community justice system for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And it's interesting because I'm sure that one of them already called and said, oh, I just want to put you in my phone in case I need, you know, a referral or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you could have just put it in without calling me, but thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, um, it, it's good to have that type of stuff because again, the person that referred me, which is, I guess my friend, my friend, Catherine, who we've someone I met through the group again that we created. And I met her accidentally in that group. Literally, this is how word of mouth work. I didn't know her until we had the group. We got closer. She turned around and probably told the Middlesex County people here in Massachusetts about me. They called me, they you know, pay me to run some classes and they want to put me in permanently with their teaching around that subject. So again, this is not something I sought out. It's not something I'm like, yay, I'll make money out of this. This was just accidental and it turns out to be this way. I mean, it's just how it is. I mean, if you really think about it, even this podcast here is all based on word of mouth because, you know, ultimately you were all strangers to me three years ago. <laughs> Somebody, somebody said you are your network. I don't know if that uh, here. I see people shaking your heads, but uh, you know your business is your network, and uh, that some of this word of mouth stuff is proven it. Um. So, oh, uh, the one thing I wanted to say, Ira, I forget his last name. Hayes is it Ira Hayes? Uh, he 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 spoke when he was on our podcast. I think it was on social media. He was talking about. He was talking about, uh, he did, uh, he has, um, I believe it's anxiety, working with kids with anxiety, and uh, he goes into schools and does that sort of thing. And he can help those people the best, the quickest, the fastest. And so he focuses on those and he, and, uh, he seeks out, or maybe they seek him out now for helping them with those types of teaching things. And I bet there is a group for Every therapist or every uh, person who has a, a, a therapy service that there is a group you can connect with that you can help and generate value to them to get your name out there and build those networks and connections. So um, it, it just as you were talking about first responders, it reminded me there's other stories about that for them. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I is there anyone that has a a uh some advice on let's say you're you're you got a negative review or some sort of like customer service problem that is threatening to you know derail some of your positive stuff uh how how is there anything you can do to um address the situation and mitigate the uh the the problem what do you do with negative word of mouth I get Ben and Jerry's, but I'm guessing that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> Getting ice cream. Big tub of ice cream. Getting ice cream. <laughs> oh, and cry and like and self-pity cry yourself to sleep. But I guess that's not what you're yes. asking. No, that's right. not what I'm going for. Um, but no, I think that it's um, you know if you're gonna be in the public in any way, shape, or form, any type of public eye, even on the minimal level of what we do you're going to get negative reviews. If you expect yourself to be the mm -hmm. cup of tea of everyone, you're just lying to yourself, frankly. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm lucky if I'm the cup of tea of 70% of people, uh, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So for the negative reviews, I realize, you know, like I, what I do to mitigate it is I understand that I cannot be liked by everyone. Something that I've accepted mm. off and on for most of the last 10 to 15 years. And I think that having the private practice only accelerated that. Do I still react like, you know, I recently got a review on my uh, podcast, uh, You're Dirty or something like that and gave me a one star review. Yeah, it still pinches a little bit. I actually know where that comes from. And I will also, I can tell you off air, I'm not putting anyone on blast here ever on a podcast. Um, but yeah, did it pinch a little bit? Of course it did. Then I realized where it came from. And I also realized that there's a reason why I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Then I kind of like let it go. It, mm -hmm. It's not about always being positive. I think it's the, the at the end of the day, if I want Lisa just saying positive things about me or Don or James, at one point I'm going to be really, really miserable because that's not how life works. And so maybe my realistic view of the world is what brings me to it. But you're going to have negative reviews, whether you like it or not. And so it's either accepting them for what they are or panicking beyond belief. And you're not going to fix it. You're just going to make things worse for yourself because you're going to change who you are or you're going to say something stupid. Yeah. And and I I don't have a practice. So I go back to that again. I haven't you know gotten feedback that way. I have gotten feedback about my podcast, which has I got this. I've gotten some emails where. You know, I read the emails and it was a take on value. It was just a different take on values. Like we just had different values. And I thought, you know what? I don't think that me responding to this email is going to do anything but make me feel mm. better about, no, you're my value. You know, you're wrong. I'm right. Um, so I just didn't even bother explaining. The feedback I got from a friend was, I don't think this person is open to, they just wanted to tell you that you're wrong and you need to, you know, you need to look at it from this perspective, but I don't see it from that perspective. So I thought, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it alone. I mean, and if that person left me a review, it's like, okay, either I can't do anything about it. I'm gonna be the right cup of tea, like Steve said, for the right <laughs> tea drinker. And that's just how it is. Like, that's life, like he said. And and it's hard pill to swallow because, I, you know, there's a little bit of me that's a people pleaser. I feel like I've worked on that over the years. But, um, and also you have to go back to as a therapist in private practice, I'm just kind of going back there. You can't address it on an online uh, public forum because then you mm -hmm. give away their confidentiality or the, it's, it's very crazy about crazy in the sense of they can bash you, but if you respond to it, then you give away any type of confidentiality or anonymity, I guess, that is I don't know, is it HIPAA protected? I don't even know, privacy protected. But anyway, I mean, I'm speaking about something that I don't have experience with. I know Don could probably speak to that. But yes, I mean, so for me, it was about values. And I was like, I'm not even going to try to explain myself to this person because they don't want to hear it. They've already made up their mind. I could tell in their but, in their message to me. But it sounds like you did something very important is you got some, like a reality check yeah. from a friend you trusted, yes. right? Oh, yeah. Like, like Hey, is this is this right? Is this true? Should I accept any of this? And they they kind of gave you the truth that if we just sat with it without anybody speaking into it, we could end up responding negatively, or we could end up lashing out, or we could end up not doing anything about it and just sort of like sitting with it and letting it fester and eat away mm -hmm. at it. Um, Dawn, 
Lisa mentioned you, maybe you have a little bit of experience with like people, like clients or something responding and you can't like, you can't respond to them. So what do you, what do you do then? Do you just not say anything? Do you say thank you for whatever, contact the office? What, what can you do? Um, well, I've heard that you could, yeah, you're not supposed to directly respond, but you can post something like, Hey, our policy on XYZ is this. If anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. Or you can also mm -hmm. ask a bunch of other people, like other therapists, to go on and leave more positive reviews so that your ratings mm -hmm. go higher. Um, I've heard both that. But you can't respond directly to that client. Okay. Um, you can just say, yeah, I don't even know if you can say, I'm sorry that happened. I don't think you can do that even. You you right. just can say yeah. our policy is this, here's our website or something. I don't know. Um well we're not we're not lawyers. Yeah. So if there's a lawyer listening to this, you can uh, reach out to us or you know if you have that issue in your place, please consult your your legal advice. But we we definitely know you can't address, you know, air their dirty laundry in a public forum. That would be a big, big no no. I do like the idea of asking your friends, you know, and the people, your network to say, hey, I had this negative review. Can you help me? Can you help me out? I had somebody do that to me for me recently. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've worked with this person. And 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 I didn't uh, I just wrote, you know, they're they're a great professional person to work with. You know, and it gave them a five star review. So I think that's something. If you have friends in the uh, therapy world, whether you're providing a service, you know, therapy service or services to them, one thing you can do just to be a good neighbor is rate rate their show, rate their podcast, rate their service. Go to Google My Business and uh, say they are professionals in every sense of the way, and I trust them with X Y Z, and just give them a good review. I think we can all help each other with that. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the episode with one thing you want the 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 uh, audience to take away? What's one thing you want them to take with them from the episode? Uh, we'll go uh, Steve, Don, Lisa. So Steve, what's uh, what's one thing to take away from that? I got to go write reviews for Don, Lisa, and you. Uh, <laughs> that's probably <laughs> one of the takeaways. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Two um, thumbs up. But I also think that, you know, I, and I know it's just been said, but I think it's something that I tend to forget myself. So the good reminder of asking a good friend or someone you trust, hey, what do you think of this? And I got this bad review or whatever. And then, you know, as uh, probably not as kosher as I probably want it to sound, but it's talking me off the, the ledge, so to speak, to make sure, mm -hmm. you know, I get a little less upset about it. Great. And uh, Dawn, what's one thing to, uh, the audience to take away? Yeah, I actually wrote down Lisa's idea of um, going on to Facebook groups, or I think she said having a plan of like five touches a day or just making a plan. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to get my word of mouth out there? Find something you enjoy and make a plan to do it. Yeah. Oh, um, I was just thinking about networking and it's like, like Don was just saying, if you want to network, you have to do it. So figure out what mm -hmm. feels comfortable for you and know that maybe the first time you go or the first thing you, you try isn't going to be the ticket, but it's definitely you're getting, you know, more comfortable doing it. And then the next thing might be the ticket. I mean, I was just trying to think of like networking and how 
how it's opened up opportunities for me that I didn't even see coming. And and I was reflecting on it as a lot of as a lot the episode went on. And, you know, I I was somebody I can't remember how it happened, but they reached out to me and they said, hey, can you create courses for our company since you have the um, credential? And I was like, sure. Who are you? <laughs> So, you know, like whatever you're doing, you got to put it out there that you're doing it. So just Mm. know that if you keep all your good stuff to yourself, no one's ever going to know. So you have to go out and share your good stuff with, I mean, I always say all the time, you got to go out and share your good stuff with the world and you just Mm. never know how it's going to come back and, and bless you and what it is that you do. So start small, but definitely start. You got to do it. You got to do it. Start. I'm writing that down. Start small, but you got to start. <laughs> okay. So, so my, my takeaway was just a recap of everybody. I just wrote down network, network, network. Like uh, I've been networking at conferences, but I, I've sort of shied away from doing things locally. I'm, I'm more of an introvert than I would like to admit. And so it's more difficult for me to be like, Hey, everybody, look, talk, look here I am. Like, uh, so, um, but it, it's been mentioned to me over and over again, you know, get involved in some local networks and uh, try to do that. And just Steve's story about something that he, he provided a service or a need or added value turned into, you know, something that not only meets his needs, but meets other people's needs. And it's, it's just this amazing thing. And so, um, yeah, uh, I, I, Uh, local networks and getting involved and adding value is my takeaway. All right. So uh, thanks everybody for listening to the show. We will see you next time. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychbaven.com. Remember to get your download of the Heart customer service method on how to deal with customer complaints. I will put that in the show notes. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, then you will have a link to that in the newsletter. I want to thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you need professional advice from a lawyer or an accountant or a therapist, please consult a professional in that area. Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.